Hey, it's your host, April. This show, The High Guide, talks about altered states of consciousness brought on by cannabis and psychedelics and is intended for audiences 21 and over. If you've been listening to the show for a while and you like what you hear, please leave us a rating, a review, or a heart wherever you listen to podcasts. And lastly, I'm not a medical professional. If you are experiencing any mental or physical health concerns, please seek a licensed medical professional. If you've dissociated, you would know it because it's it's pretty remarkable to actually forget who you are and forget where you are. Hey, I'm April Pride, your host on the High Guide podcast. This is the show for women who have an open and curious mind. And this is a show all about women changing their lives thanks to altered states. You just heard from Kaya Roman, who wrote the book on joy in the brain and wants the world to know that psychedelics are tools that are medically proven to deliver chemicals that spark joy in our brain. And we'll learn more about the neuroscience component of ketamine in next week's episode. Today, we're going to discuss the conditions for which ketamine is being prescribed, the effects of ketamine, specifically dissociation, and Kaya is going to talk to us about how ketamine helped her get through her divorce. For today's show, have you, like me, heard mixed thoughts on ketamine? And by mixed, all my, all in, with all things, friends, all love K, the most. Whereas therapists and psychedelic facilitators are also fans of ketamine to assist in therapy. In today's episode, we'll learn why this commonly used analgesic with serious reports of abuse is also approved off-label for use by the FDA to treat depression. Before my recent personal experience with ketamine, my understanding of it was washed in fear due to its reportedly highly addictive qualities. We'll get into that, why I had a change of heart, and how, to my surprise, ketamine came in clutch for my mental health this year. As with every episode, we'll jump into the word of the week and stay tuned to the almost in when I share three trip tips. Now for the word of the week, dissociation. Dissociation is a mental process where a person disconnects from their thoughts, feelings, memories, or sense of identity. You may feel disconnected from yourself and the world around you, as if you're detached from your body or feel as though the world around you is unreal. Everyone's experience of dissociation is different. We covered a lot in our episode two weeks ago. Here's a hint. If you want to catch up quickly, tune into episode 52. Listen to the last five minutes before the episode's trip tips. I share a timeline and how this season evolved because the bird's eye perspective gives you insight into how this all came together for me in real time. It's for sure worth a listen. Our featured guest today is Kaya Roman, author of The Joy Plan. Combining her 20 years in Silicon Valley working in scientific research focused on hormones, neurotransmitters, and mindfulness, in her book, Kaya defined joy as the spiritual dimension of happiness. I really consider myself to be a researcher and a serial entrepreneur. So I've started many businesses and I wrote the joy plan about the neuroscience of joy and hopefully, you know, told in a way that inspires other people to put simple practices into place in their lives so that they can kind of hack their brain to experience more joy. Kai's book, The Joy Plan, was born after a plan to launch an epigenetic software company. Well, that did not launch as planned. 
So I was in the opposite state of joy, really just was taking notes on what I was doing as a researcher to try and feel better. And those notes became a book. It it ended up being on the Today Show for an entire week. So how did Kaya find herself a woman in psychedelics? I got a lot of invitations to come try different experiences because of my, my writing. And I was invited to a retreat center in Costa Rica to have a free week, yoga, massages, cleanses, life coaching and something called plant medicine. And I was like, oh, cool, plants like ginger, garlic. I I use plant medicine. So I had no idea actually that I was going to be drinking ayahuasca, um, which is a psychedelic tea brewed in the Amazon. That was my first kind of introduction to psychedelic medicine. This was in uh, 2017, right after my book came out. And it really literally blew my mind when I saw this door that opens when you have a psychedelic experience. And I also, you know, started obsessed researching what happened to my brain during that experience and I realized that all the things that I wrote about in the joy plan would be so much easier to achieve if you could create a state of extra neuroplasticity which happens after a psychedelic experience. Kaya went from eating ginger to hosting her own podcast called Sight. It's on the Women in Psychedelics Network. In next week's episode, we'll hear more from Kaya on how ketamine interacts with our brain. And we'll also hear from Dr. Carnahan, Field Trip, and Laura Swanson from Ketamine Telehealth Company, WonderMed. Today, Kaya and I are here to talk about ketamine for divorce. Like me, she found herself managing a divorce. And amid lockdown, Kaya was stressed out. After my psychedelic awakening, hey, husband, like, are you going to be on this journey with me? You know, because it's pretty hard, I'd say, to pick someone in your early 20s and say, we're going to be on this journey for the rest of our lives together. I mean, you can hope, you can dream, but if you're not growing on the same path, you will grow apart. That happens in more than 50% of marriages, right? So in my case, we grew apart. And that was right before the pandemic. And then we found ourselves in lockdown in this house together while we had already started this divorce process. So it was all very, very stressful. But I had a friend who I was talking to about uh, ayahuasca and how amazing, you know, that journey had been for me. And he said, you should really try ketamine because it's like the short, beautiful part of the ayahuasca journey without the purging, without the darkness, without the preparation, without the hours of experience or going to another country, but it can really provide relief. And at that time, I like desperately needed relief. So my first ketamine experience um, in a clinic was at the very beginning of March of 2020, right before the pandemic. And I flew to Florida to have these treatments. And then I came back to California and ended up in this lockdown. And I think that if I hadn't had the ketamine, which gave me so much relief from the just anxiety and turmoil that I was experiencing. They list divorce as one of the most stressful life activities, right? The most stressful life experiences that we can ever go through. I was struggling. I was honestly, I was suicidal. And that was the main thing that I had heard. Ketamine can break suicidal ideation immediately, like more than anything. It's an awful feeling. If anyone out there who's listening has ever been in that state where like your rational mind knows that would be really stupid to kill myself. Like I've got kids. I'm sure there's great things still ahead of me in my life. I have a lot going for me. You just really, really, really don't want to live. It's terrible. I can relate to where Kaya was. I was suicidal after the birth of my second son, and I had not been diagnosed with ADHD yet, is what was happening. Mm -hmm. Right, and I was postpartum. I understand thinking about suicide and also Mm -hmm. thinking that you're crazy to think about this. Yeah. You have a beautiful life and a beautiful family, and what is wrong with you, right? Yes. 
So meditation saved me at that point, but um, ketamine saved me this past fall when I didn't realize that I was suffering from what I would call and what seems to be high-functioning depression. I had done enough research where I knew that there was an opportunity for me to really reset my relationship with cannabis. Laura Swanson, lead clinician at WonderMed, shares the story of one of her patients who was in a depression and cannabis dependency loop before ketamine gave him space to develop new behaviors. Patient that this actually reminds me of this patient um, that was a young man in his early 20s, had severe social anxiety disorder, and he would smoke weed every day. You know, that was his coping mechanism and how he was able to even get out of the house in social situations. He also had depression, um, so he had a pretty severe depression as well. So when he came to us, his intention was not to stop smoking at all um, because that was just kind of what he had done to cope. Um, his intention was to come to us to hope, you know, to feel better, right, because he had this major depression and this social anxiety disorder. And after just one month of the treatment, um, he told me, just as you, he's not smoking at all because because when he smoked, especially the amount that he was smoking, he felt disconnected with the world and just kind of like a wallflower it, you know, in these social environments. And that the ketamine brought out the opposite, where he wanted to engage, ask people how they're doing, and be present in the moment. And, um, and I thought that was such a, a beautiful story. Depression, an anxiety disorder, is the primary condition for which patients are turning to ketamine. While not approved for treatment, there is evidence from positive patient outcomes that ketamine-assisted therapy is successful in the treatment of OCD and substance use disorder. In the case of each of these conditions, pharmaceuticals like SSRIs can take two to three months to gain traction, whereas clinical research has shown that ketamine improves symptoms after a single treatment with effects lasting up to a week. So, how is this possible? Dr. Carnahan, who you met in this season's first episode, explains what may be at play. So, it's not going to fix the problem, and I think that's really important for people to understand that ketamine comes in and it resets this pattern, so it gives you a period of freedom from that uh, habitual experience. It gives you this window where you can experience what it's like to not be in that automatic fear-based response to not be in a brain fog. And what works best, I think, for people is if they are already coming in with some tools. They've been in psychotherapy. They have recognized habitual thought patterns that are negative or self-defeating. And they're um, they've been working already with them to try to recognize them, to observe them, and say, I don't, you know, I don't need to engage in this thought pattern, but I just habitually do it, and I'm having a really hard time stopping. Ketamine can come in and make it easier to stop if you've already identified what that is. Irony is not lost on me that ketamine, a substance with the potential for abuse, which is why it is a Schedule 3, is what helped with my insatiable weed cravings. But it's important to know that ketamine-assisted therapy is not approved to treat substance use disorder. So if you're considering ketamine to curb craving of any kind, get curious about why those cravings exist. What is your choice go to helping you get away from? <laughs> for me, it turns out that my depression was feeding into my reliance on cannabis, so ketamine help to treat the cause of my need to find satisfaction. And let's assume I'm difficult to satisfy. Ongoing ketamine treatments paired with integrative practices, which we'll discuss more in a later episode, help prolong the positive effects. 
addiction centers are using ketamine. We don't know the exact science of it stopping the withdrawal symptoms that you're having, but it, it does. I mean, people really lose even that um, you know desire to use. But then the point that you spoke on is really tapping into that neuroplasticity, which is you're training your brain that you don't need this anymore, you know, and, and you have new avenues to deal with your stress and anxiety. And then you really train and program your brain while you're on the ketamine. So then once you're off of it, hopefully that still sticks. So you have this long lasting effect, which is very different from something like Wellbutrin, which is also used for smoking cessation. Take it for what, three months, sometimes six months, you know, to really get that habit out of their system. Whereas something like ketamine is working so much faster because of that neuroplasticity. And we'll get into what's happening in the brain in next week's episode. A core benefit of ketamine-assisted therapy is to find a reprieve from emotions and physical pain that remain from, say, childhood trauma. Dissociation, our word of the week, is an effect that characterizes a ketamine experience and is often why recreational users seek ket to begin with. Kaya had this to offer on what dissociation feels like. Ketamine is an anesthetic. They use it in surgery to put people to sleep. It is that beginning phase when you start to leave, but then you stay mm-hmm. right there. If you've dissociated, you would know it because it's it's pretty remarkable to actually forget who you are and forget where you are. PTSD or anxiety or depression, that is a huge relief. Even just to get five minutes or 10 minutes or 45 minutes of I'm I'm not connected to my problems right now. Then when you come back, that relief can be sustained. You're not afraid because it's blissful. It's a blissful experience. With the dissociation, the effect, there's in the scientific community and the medical community, there's some disagreement about whether the dissociation is important or not been some studies, you know, that say one way yes and one way no. For me personally, I just think it's an amazing experience. And when you want to dislocate from negative thoughts, it's kind of essential. In a later episode, we're going to review the different types of ketamine administration and how potency affects the extent of our dissociation. Listen on as I ask both Laura and Kaya about ketamine-induced dissociation and its potentially triggering effect for sexual abuse survivors. Speaking as a person who has experienced sexual trauma and dissociated during that experience, and I can only speak from my own experience, they're two very different things. (laughs) It's not the same kind of dissociation. Yes, in dissociation, you float above your body, but it's very different to float above your body because of what's happening is unsafe and to float above your body because you're merging with God. Actually, I think that could be very healing for the dissonance of the previous dissociative experience. I'm only one person who is not a doctor or official researcher. I just like have a lot of conversations with people about their ketamine experiences. And given that so many women, unfortunately, have had some kind of sexual trauma, I've heard probably thousands of these stories and nobody has ever brought that up. I can just speak from my own experience. It, it was it was not triggering for me in that way at all. The, the kind of dissociation that you have with ketamine is like a exhale. <laughs> it's like a relief. Like you can let go. You're not escaping something. You're letting go. You're surrendering to something beautiful. Yes, and actually something else to consider for uh, you know individuals that are in that category is that if they have used dissociation in the past to separate themselves from that traumatic event, even at the time of the event happening, that PTSD associated with the dissociation 
sometimes the ketamine can actually backfire and that it almost like triggers that feeling of being dissociated from their body, which they don't like. So really for any individual that has very, um, you know, severe deep-rooted PTSD trauma, um, that person, you know, may benefit more from a program like ours using it with their therapist. You know, they could actually seeing their therapist maybe the next day or a few hours after the session itself to really unpack that. We do tell people because part of it is also explaining, you know, this is how it's going to feel. Everyone is different in how they, they perceive their ketamine session, but it is really important as, as far as our job as well to understand, like, how are you going to feel? What is the session going to be like? Could it bring up some difficult, you know, history? And of course, in the session itself, you are dissociated. So it's really coming out of it that that tends to be the most traumatic for those individuals. But really the dissociation is, is quite interesting. You have this mental dissociation, right? Where you don't feel the anger, shame, all of those. You also have a physical dissociation. I mean, literally if someone does this and they have a migraine, their, their migraine gets better. You know, their pain improves. Like they don't feel like they're as connected in their body. So you have this physical dissociation. And then you have this other piece that we've talked about it um, with women with trauma. A, not a disqualifier by any means, but it's just more of a conversation of caution. And if that does trigger something, that, that may need to be worked through. I will say, workable in trauma. I leave you with today's trip tips. What are your eye movements if you're beginning to dissociate? What does that look like? Apparently, it's very rapid movement, like an REM. Okay. As I mentioned earlier in the show, Kaya Roman is the host of the Women and Psychedelics Network podcast called Psyched. I asked Kaya which episode she'd like for me to refer listeners of this show to, and she said her conversation with Rick Doblin, not a woman, but definitely a legend in psychedelic-assisted therapy. I've linked to Kaya's episode of the Psyched podcast with Rick Doblin in today's episode's show notes. And finally, if this series is connecting with you and you'd like to take your healing process in this direction, explore ketamine. I've linked to WonderMed's eligibility survey in this episode's show notes as well. After completing WonderMed's eligibility survey, enter code THEHIGHGUIDE, T-H-E-H-I-G-H-G-U-I-D-E at checkout for 20% off your first four at-home ketamine lozenges. And this is the protocol that I took. Thank you for listening to this episode of The High Guide. I'm your host, April Pride. Please check out the website, thehigh.guide, for our shroom strain reviews and guide to psilocybin. Tune in next Friday for another episode of The High Guide, a show all about women changing their lives thanks to altered states of consciousness.